Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. The subtlety of iniquity. James 1 verse 12 through to 15 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Iniquity is a big word for a big action. The action is sin. In reality, iniquity speaks of an offense against God's laws, whether it is done intentionally or not. We're familiar with it. But today, can we talk about how subtle it is, how easy we can end up doing iniquity? The text gives us a very good representation of the framework in which iniquity occurs. Let us just be frank in our conversation. Iniquity is not limited to only seemingly bad people. It is common in every one of us, regardless of our color, race, sex, nationality, class, education, family of origin, sexuality. Whoever you are, there is iniquity in your life. Oh, that includes me. How can I speak with such surety? Well, the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fall short of God's standards. David confessed that we were each born in sin and fashioned in iniquity. It's part of our DNA. So you are no worse a person of iniquity than the best and nicest human being you know. So let us get back to the text. It starts off by saying that the person who manages to win the battle over temptation will receive a huge reward from God, the crown of life. I suspect that there are some people who are like that. Maybe you are one of them, I don't know. But what about the rest of us? What does the text have to say to us? First of all, when you are tempted to do something wrong, to say something wrong, or to think something that is wrong, don't blame it on God. No, no, no. If it is a temptation, then it is not of God. Not from God. God had nothing to do with it. It is easy to say that I was born that way or God made me this way. But that is not fair to God because that is not what happens. Rather, it puts the blame squarely on me and on you. Think about the temptations that you face. Lying, stealing, gossip, and I mean real destructive gossip. Hate, oh, that's an ugly one. Lust, envy, and you can add more to the list. When you've done constructing the list, listen to what the writer says. Those are your desires. Your evil desires. Oh, things are getting messy around here. The writer is saying that when you experience a temptation or prompting to do any of those things on the list, he says that it comes from within you. It is your own evil desire. Now, if you could roll the video of some of the temptations that we face, we would die if other persons could see our individual video story. Some of them are ugly, really ugly, and people would think less of us if they knew that some of those things that they see on the video are our own desires. But no need to jump off the cliff, because the Bible tells us that whatever temptation you're dealing with, that it is not unique to you, that there are other human beings with the same evil desires. The ground is level when it comes to iniquity. Now the subtlety continues. It says that when the evil desire rises up inside of you, when it becomes a temptation, before long it turns into sin. 
Remember King David? The sight of the woman showering caused the evil desire of lust to rise up in him. But that is not the sin. It marinated and it was processed and David eventually said, I'm going to do it. He committed the sin of adultery, violation of God's law. That is the subtlety of iniquity. It starts off with an idea, what seems like an innocent idea. That idea comes out of our desires and it becomes sin when you find yourself doing it. That is when the iniquity occurs, the point of doing, saying, or thinking. Some iniquities are mind-level iniquities. Some of them are action iniquities, and some of them are spoken iniquities. You get it? What is terrible, though, is when the iniquity occurs, whether in your mind, in your speech, or in your action, we get convicted, but sadly enough, some of us ignore the conviction, or we just keep on violating God's commands over and over again. That is bad real bad. So what should I do? If there is a subtlety of iniquity, then there is an antiseptic for iniquity. It is called confession and forgiveness. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you need to admit it. You sinned. You committed an iniquity. You broke God's law. To think otherwise is to fool yourself. You can fool others, but you cannot fool yourself. It then says that if we own up to our sin, whether word, thought, or action, if we admit to God that we did the thing, that God is such a faithful and just God that he responds to our confession by forgiving us of the sins and cleaning us up from the evidence of the iniquity. God does forgive and forget. My friend, each of us struggle with the subtlety of iniquity because we want to do good, but we get drawn away into doing bad. But if there's a subtlety of iniquity, there's an antiseptic for iniquity, God's forgiveness. Take advantage of it.